Hello, everyone, and welcome to Geeks, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening, um, Leonard Nimoy himself, John Christian. Live long and prosper. You felt the animals. And then, uh, as he was called earlier this like, well, How else am I supposed to respond to that? Like, look, Troy's looking at me like... Like I Built took a animals? dump in the front seat of his Built car. I mean, like what else? Like, the animals. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Whatever. Uh, and then we have Santa Claus, Troy Sandler. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus. I had so much. Oh. Like it was not the time for it, but when someone said that to you uh, on Thursday, I enjoyed it a lot. I was like that that. I was glad. I was glad you were in attendance, if, if only for that. Like it, it made it made the night. Yeah, I'm, I'm that's what it's good for. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Dry out, kid. <laughs> this is awful. This is awful. It's All right. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna do a crowdfunding corner this evening. Uh, but before we do, I thought I would do a little rundown of my my list, my setting rankings. Oh yeah. Um, oh boy. Are you, no. are you doing the top three in the bottom? I feel like is this, a tro- well, this is just like a trolling expedition, isn't it? No, it's not. This is, this is not legit? a trolling expedition. It is? Okay, it's fine. legit. Fine. Yeah, I took, it, I took it seriously because you know what? I believe that everyone that we have made fun of on this show mm-hmm. thus far has taken their list seriously. Mm-hmm. And it would not, not be fair for me to make fun of serious lists and then to give a stupid list myself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So um, uh, what I did, though, to play it, to set a parameter is I said it must be a setting that has been released for 5e but it doesn't have to be a Watsy setting hmm. oh see now you're breaking all the rules wow well, I mean yeah. that, I think it's hang on let me say this I think it's fair that if you're gonna say it's a if it's settings generic then D&D doesn't have to be incorporated into that or are we saying yeah, it's that's, D&D like <clears throat> you're kind of making I mean, your own I mean, rules for this and that's fine, fine. Here, here's the thing right I I don't have the breadth of setting understanding mm. that Troy does for everything Watsy or TSR, right? That's fair. And so when I sat down to do that, I'm like, I can tell you which ones of these I find more interesting, but I can't rank them as far as like best to worst because I don't know what 90% of these are, right? Mm. So I said, well, what I could do is I could say, here are the top settings for 5e that fascinate me and that I think are the best. Um, for various reasons. And then I could go on the other side of it and say, here are, th- I'm going to give you three settings that I'm going to say miss the mark. I'm not going to say, um, there's there's a lot of settings that I could say are boring or I don't like, but these are three that I felt like shot high and missed. So um, that allowed me to navigate around because I, I have a billion setting books on the shelf, right? And a lot of them by, are by indie creators. I don't want to, whether those are good or bad or great even, like, I don't want to disparage them if they're the bad ones. They, they had a limited crew and a limited budget. So specifically when I talk about missing the mark, it's like big budgets, relatively speaking, high goals, looked amazing, and then just fell short. Yep. So which one should we go? Which one should we start with? The the top end or the bottom end? Mm. I say we do top because you know the bottom end is going to be very entertaining. I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
so I, I tried to do a top five. I couldn't quite do a top five, so I'm doing a top six. Um. <laughs> See, just, just just make up the rules as you go. Now, that's what so, I'm thinking here, listen, man. No, 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 no. Um, I did put them in order. I just oh. I just wanted to include all of them because I felt like the bottom few in this top list all deserve to be recognized. So the number six is a new one to the list. I really liked Agents of the Empire, the setting that we were introduced to from mm. the Ghostfire. Yeah, Ghostfire. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I'll say that I really liked that one because it has super spies from the pre-show. Um, it has super spies uh, as a as a hallmark, and I felt like super spies really works as a as a genre with Five E. Mm-hmm. And that was a kind of a really cool experience. I I highly recommend. I've only got a taste of it, but that one I think already shows me that it's doing something really cool, and isn't just a a quick run on on the on the system. Um, number five is going to be the Sword Coast, and specifically I've said Sword Coast instead of Forgotten Realms, but um, because it's not like we we talked about that. But uh, uh, even though I'm tired of them being there, I think that there's a lot of cool places for you to explore now in the in, on the Sword Coast with your adventuring party. And I've ran a mountain of the Five E Sword Coast material. And there's a lot of cool stuff in there, a lot of cool adventures to be had. Um, it's not going to take the top of my list, but it's worth noting that Sword Coast is a great place to go adventuring, um, 5th edition. Not a great uh, place not, to live, apparently. No, mm. no. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Let's see. Number four is Scarred Lands by Onyx Press. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I really like the atmosphere, the mood. It's got this heavy metal like devil may care approach to fantasy which i love like a blood sea right like that's just it's it's awesome and it's literally a blood sea right it's not just right. like it's like other settings go halfway and they're like they might have a blood sea but it's like well it's because on a sunset at the right place it looks like it's bloody and so it's been called the blood sea and like Savage World is like fuck that it's a sea of blood right? <laughs> When and we I say that. blood sea, it, it's blood. We and mean it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's rad. I haven't gotten to play in it, but I, I, I've got a lot of their books and I love them. So um, Scarred Lands is number four. Eberron is number three. It it sits up high, um, mainly because, honestly, less of the current state of Eberron, but I love the lore of Eberron. And I love how all the different races interwork together in the lore. And how I think they, Keith Baker did some really smart design on reinterpreting some of those races into something that still works for who, what the races look like and their kind of style, but it is completely different than what you find in Forgotten Realm. So um, it's cool. And I also like that like tech fantasy atmosphere in general. So mm-hmm. if there's going to be a tech fantasy entry to this list um, that goes high up, it's got to be Eberron. Um, and then the last two, I think you could probably guess, but number two is uh, Simbarum, and number one is Middle Earth. So there you go. Uh, sweet. Uh, that's my top six. So look, there's not. I don't think there's probably any surprises except for maybe a couple of things that get missed out. Let's talk about things that missed the mark, though. <sighs> All right, let's get let's get the one out of the way that probably not a lot of folks have heard of. 
A big letdown for me is the Casarda setting. You guys remember the Casarda setting? I don't. It's a Kickstarter from a few years ago. Um, really, really cool looking. It was a setting of damned souls and dark horrors. And it just looked rad. Um, basically, um, it, you know, it, it's one of those Kickstarters, those books that came comes out of Italy, which with every art piece looking amazing, right? And you are diving into the netherworld in this one. And I just mm -hmm. was like, oh, yes, I'm all about this. Um, you're awakening as a soul in the city of Limbo is part of the pitch, right? And I was like, ah, oh, all about this. The book is not great. And it feels like 90% of their cool art got shown in the Kickstarter. Mm. Um, and for it to have a big budget, for it to be successful, and then to just really not have anything interesting to bring with the actual product, I was really disappointed because that's really one of like, I was high expectations. They set the expectations high and couldn't deliver. The other two are, um, I don't care at all about the Midgard setting for Cobalt Press. I think that it's pretty boring, pretty lackluster. I will say, like, it's it's because it's a it's a it's a mixed bag, or it's like a it's like a oh, what's the word? Like a hodgepodge. Hodgepodge, yeah. Even in their pitch, like if you go on their website and you read about Midgard, it's like. Oh, it's like Central and Eastern Europe. And I'm like, and you would be like, oh, that's cool. And then they're like, but with a lot of bizarre fantasy thrown in there, and then some of this, and then some of this. I'm like, you don't know what you're making, right? Like, it feels like that. It feels like, now, some of the stuff is really cool individually. I love a lot of the Cobalt Press writing. I just don't like what it all amounts to. It feels like a shotgun approach, even more than the Forgotten Realms. Mm. Um, and then the last one is Ravenloft. Oh, wow. That's the and, hot take right there, buddy. Yeah, save the hot take for you. There you go. Yeah. Um, I think Strahd is cool. Hmm. I think, though, that they've give, they've gotten two, two and a half attempts at, at really inspiring us with the Domains of Dread and, and Ravenloft in particular. And some of it is, but, but but both books are just really lackluster. the The adventure of Strahd is cool, but the setting, I don't like. It's just the house, right? Like, like I know that there's more to it than that. But like, why we love that is because of Strahd and his manner, not because of the setting around it in this in this set in this uh, uh, edition. And the same is true with the Domains of Dread. Like, there's some cool ideas. Troy, you and I got excited about the Metrol train, right? Yeah. But there's not, it doesn't actually, like, there's nothing actually, like, they, it's, it's, again, this idea of, like, you have cool ideas, but you miss the mark in delivering, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't, you don't know how to follow through with this. And this is the problem with all three of these settings, uh, especially Cassarda and Ravenloft. They just don't follow through on their, on their initial premise and their potential. So let me throw, let me throw something out there. Just an idea on that one. I don't disagree with you. I think that the difference is, and I'll kind of, I'll agree with Mike, even though he's an assassin, a stream assassin uh, on this one, that uh, I think part of it is, I think two E was a better representation of, of Ravenloft. Yeah. There was a lot more grit, grim dirt and blood that was included in it without going overboard. Right. But it was just mm -hmm. enough macabre to, to, to satisfy, whereas 
what they did with the 5e version of Ravenloft really after Strahd. The, 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 the Van Richten's Guide is more of a Stephen Sommers movie. It's like Van, it's like Van Helsing. Like, it's like this big tentpole yeah. summer movie thing that is, but, but it's still, but it's PG 13. And so it, mm-hmm. it kind of like, it, it's the tone doesn't really mm-hmm. match what the, it's saying that it's going to end up being. And it's like, is this an adventure, like a heroic adventure, mm-hmm. like big scale D and D or, or is it the thing you said that it would be, which is domains of dread? Well, I don't really, none of my characters really had a sense of dread in any of this kind of stuff. So I think at least that's kind of like what I'm picking up from, from this one. I can understand that. You know, if you, if you don't yeah. like the, if you're not looking for a Castlevania, even Castlevania is like the, the, the anime is like a lot darker material yeah. than this. So. It's, well, it, again, it's not that I dislike this Ravenloft. It's just that it, it should be so much better than it is. Right. I get you. Yeah. I, I feel like part of what where Ravenloft falls short is this not just Barovia. I, I almost kind of feel like why not keep it a unique thing that was only done for Strahd? Mm-hmm. Why do why do you have to have a book detailing thirty some different mm-hmm. domains of dread plus rules on making your own domains yeah. as well? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like okay, so why are we doing that? What it was perfectly fine to find out that Strahd is a prisoner in his own little domain of Barovia. And for whatever reason, you get sucked into it and deal with the thing to try to find your way out. Yeah. Because it makes it a unique horror aspect. And then you find out there's a whole bunch of much more. It's like, okay, well, yeah, it's a unique well, thing that's... in that aspect. But then you've got like, in especially from the Adventurers League thing with Domains of Dread, the Mist Hunters, mm-hmm. where suddenly you're, you go back to that whole spy thing again. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, now you're working for a secret organization that knows that there's all these other domains of dread, and they travel between them without any issue at all. And mm. it seems like that everybody that comes from those other domains knows that there's other domains out there. Mm. Yeah. Which yeah. is nothing about how the setting was originally supposed to be. So you lose it. You, you yeah. lose it. Well, it, it's what happens whenever you have a popular property, and but you've kind of you've created yourself a box around how much more you can do with the property right like it's yeah. the it's the movie that doesn't doesn't need a sequel but it's going to get a sequel because it's got to make more money and then when the sequel comes mm-hmm. out everybody's shocked that a it wasn't good and b nobody wanted wanted to go watch it after the bad word of mouth went out yeah just real quick touching back to uh midgard um the other thing i would draw attention to is that if there was going to be a rival to watsi in the 5e space, it should have been Cobalt Press. Hmm. With 3.5, with 3rd edition, you had the rival of Galarian, right? With Paizo. Hmm. And people loved that setting. People played in that setting. The adventure paths were amazing. People people chose to play Pathfinder because of the setting with regularity, right? And the, those adventure paths. And here at Cobalt Press, I have never met one person who's like, oh, I play in the Midgard setting. Mm. I've never met someone who has said that. Um, and that to me is sad because they should be like they should be the 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 default if you don't play Watsi settings and you play 5e, we should we should assume that you're playing Midgard. That should be how it is. And it's not anywhere close to that. Mm. 
I don't. I would bet that they have a smaller percentage than some of the other setting creators out there, right? Like, I, I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but I would guess that there's that that Ghost Fire has a bigger. I guess with that Ghost Fire's Grim Hollow and their lines have a bigger following than Midgard. I don't know that for a fact, but that would be my guess. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's do this. I mean, that was fun, and I I enjoyed it. And and chat, you're welcome to 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 ridicule because um, I deserve it. But um, at this point, let's uh let's dive into some crowdfunding for the evening. What do you guys say? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so holy smokes, um, Troy! Troy was like, "Man, there's there's not a lot of good ones this week." And then he and then he don't, found a lot of good don't. ones. See, <laughs> see, there you go again. You're you're trying to throw me. It's it's your guys' fault. They were they were offering up. Hey, Troy, you should do this one. Oh, oh, Troy, look at this that, one. Hang on a second. Time out. Actually, of the two that were offered to you, you only took one of the two. So it's not a deluge of offers that we were trying to offload onto you, sir. Well, but you were still pushing, trying to, you're still yeah. trying to push some on me. Okay. I won't and the do only that reason why I took the one is because it made sense for me to do it because of, for reasons I will reveal when I talk about it. Duly noted. Duly noted. And then the one that you tried to push uh-huh. on me, you and I ha- are on equal footing where that comes from. Maybe. Um, so I was like, it's like, I, I don't know. Secrets. Well, let's find well, out. Actually, I think all three of us might be on the same footing on that one, but I don't know. That's true. So let's dive into this first one here. Now, I, I'm enjoying looking at the, 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 the URLs for these because I'm seeing creators' names in here that are amazing. So, Troy, would you talk to us about the Druid's Curse brought to us by Tina Glassneck? Yes. This is like the third one from Tina that I've talked about. She is a she is a, a, a best selling author, and who who has started doing stuff in the the TTRPG space, mm-hmm. and and she is cranking it out. Um, the Druid's Curse is the next in the line that she's been putting out, and each one of these comes with some uh, some background fiction mm. that she that she puts together. And this is another one of those low dough uh, deals. It's a, you know it's a dollar, and you get the the Druid's Curse one shot, plus you get the Druid's Oath prequel story, and and like mm-hmm. all these other you know dollar one shot adventures that I like to talk about, you know it's coming with you know new new magic items, some creatures, maps, you know things of this nature, and like I keep saying, it's a dollar. You can't go wrong for a dollar. <laughs> You're going to find something, and the artwork that that, that they're putting into this, um, you know, there, there's one here's a magic item, the Verdant Cloak. The artwork that they've used for it really looks cool. It's evocative. It it kind of tells its own story just looking at it. Mm. Um, and I, I get the feeling that you know she's building out this world one dollar one shot at a time. And I like that idea. That's a smart idea that gets people invested into your into your world pretty easily. And if it's if it's one of those things where, oh man, you know, not everybody can show up tonight, you can pull one of these things out, fire it off, and maybe you're gonna get people that like it more than the Midgard setting. <laughs> 
perhaps, perhaps, absolutely. Yeah, I like well, that. Uh, really quick, I like the I like the basic premise of the story. By the way, it's effectively it's an eco terrorism story. The druids yeah. have had enough. They're going to start destroying cities. You have to stop them. Pretty pretty right. simple, but it's but it's it's cool I like that. Yep. yep. Nice. Uh, well, that's the Druid's Curse, a one-shot adventure uh, that has eight days left to go. All right, let's move on to the next one. This is the Limitless Lands of Darabak. Uh, this is by our friends over at Limitless Adventures, um, and they are doing a book with expanded combat and spell mechanics, new classes, and exploration in Shattered Worlds for 5th edition. This is rad for a couple of reasons. First off, we love the guys, um, Andy and Mike, over at Limitless Adventures. They're good people. They make good books. Um, This is something that they've been working on for a while. The idea of uh, basically a cabal of dark wizards shattering the multiverse and this mage called Darabok trying to save as many people as possible basically yoinks uh, a bunch of chunks of land into uh, uh, the Eternal Sea or around the Eternal Sea and kind of suspends them there as these shattered fragments of, of, of civilizations and empires. And um, their idea with that is that they can play around and they have this fun setting, of course, but also that they've reached out to several different indie creators to say, why don't you write a piece introducing people to your setting as one of the chunks of these shattered lands um, within within our book. And I just think that's a pretty cool way of uh, a pretty cool product idea to allow um, different creators to showcase what makes their section, their civilization, their setting unique um, in a very condensed way. It gives you a taste of several things as a GM. This is a great way of getting experience with a bunch of different settings and see which ones you like. Um, while at the same time just buying a book. It's a hardcover book for 35 bucks, right? Pretty reasonable all the way around. Yep. yep. I, and I love the idea. I mean, if you didn't quite get the the, the Easter egg there, that, you know, the, the dark cabal of wizards on the, of, uh, you know, along the shoreline kind of thing. And the fact that Darabok... Um, is a four-armed, four-eyed wizard because it's the two of them combined mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's awesome. Uh, and honestly, it, it kind of speaks to magic needs to do things to you. Like in DCC and other, in other role-playing settings or in, in systems, you're, you're, you're dealing with things that can undo the universe I think maybe you should, you know, run the risk of, you know, growing an extra pair of arms or an extra set of eyes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's cool. Um, I, I like it all the way around. It, it, it's got 18 days left to go. Um, they're still about 1500 bucks shy of their goal, so this is one that I'm sure will fund, but they could use your help in getting to that number uh, in a hurry if you if you are interested. This is Limitless Lands of Darabok. D-A-R-A-B-O-K. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, John, I'm glad you brought this one up. Let's talk about alchemy. Yeah, this is the one that I was trying to be a gentleman to Troy about. I offered it up to him. He was super, I remember he was super excited. I think it was Gen Con last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Walking the floor, 
Saw this over there. Super impressive. We've talked about this, I think, before, really. But this Several is, times, it's yeah. a, alchemy is kind of a, it's a, a different, an alternative take on the virtual tabletop. More of a cinematic experience, less about, uh, like, uh, a, an actual virtual table or grid based tactical play and things like that. Just kind of create a, uh, an atmospheric, um, experience more than anything else in order to build immersion. They, Mm -hmm. this one, what I love about this is they've got so much content for this already. It is crazy. They've got, uh, they've got, uh, Modifius. They got, uh, Free League is included in here. You got Degenesis is in here. Call of Cthulhu, Vampire the Masquerade. They're just there. And so they kind of give you the, in a nutshell, this is more about creating an atmosphere in, in a, in a, the user interface and, like really slick UI with some kind of like moving graphics in the background for the different adventures and the stories that are that are tagged in. So kind of like these these motion graphics that that folks will make too in order to kind of set the stage and then it kind of the that stage kind of just fades into the background so that you can actually play. Now there is actually there's rolling that happens and there's mechanical automation that they have in here that you'd see in a lot of other virtual tabletops too. But man, the the presentation is absolutely phenomenal. And what kind of sets this one about part two is it almost acts like a little bit of a like a world anvil where you've got uh, your campaign, you've got rooms in there for logs and for journals and kind of like a wiki kind of thing. So when, if you create your own campaign setting. There are, or a campaign, I should say, your campaign will have its own library of information about what's going on in it and, and the different NPCs and all that good stuff. So just tons and tons of, tons of space in here for you to, to build this out and really enrich your story and really delve deep into the immersion aspect of the game. The other part of this that I think is absolutely fascinating is it's, they're intentionally catering to streamers with this. There's an entire aspect of the, the API, or the, not the API, excuse me, of the UI that is all stream-based. So uh, you can stream all of your tales through Alchemy. So instead of having a bunch of stuff where you're fiddling with um, like a OBS or Streamlabs or whatever, you the, the UI is going to be what you're going to end up streaming. So all all of your, your webcam... Uh, um, uh, webcams that can be laid out a certain way and then it won't get those won't get into the way of your virtual tabletop and your all your roles and everything like that too so man it the like I, I say you gotta check out the um you gotta check this out because my words as much as I'm trying my hardest to do them justice it does not do it justice and I think that that's really what when Troy and I went pa- past the booth, you just have to see this thing in action. And there's lots of video that you can see, lots of images in here to kind of that'll that'll pitch it and that'll sell it. But and there's a lot more to it than even that much. So this to me, man, I know that you know D and D Beyond is going to have its own virtual tabletop. I'll be really interested to see the different groups that gravitate towards one versus the other one. This really. It, it uh, feels like a lot like what people have been have been like vying for in the last couple of years, especially from the streamer front, you know, where it's less about this tactical play stuff. The maps are not on the forefront or like the big thing that's in your face. They're in the background. It's very subtle, very subdued. It's kind of it, everything blends together. It's just it's mm. it's really really slick. Um, the different versions of this, and I'll kind of I'll I'll scoot along here. 
they have different decks that you can purchase, you can uh, grab as a part of the Kickstarter um, campaign. <clears throat> so like, there's the fantasy deck, which includes you got Pathfinder in there, you got Scarlet Citadel, you got Epic Encounters, you got Humblewood is in there, Go, uh, Griffin Saddlebag, um, you got uh, 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 Chepiku Scenes, who's a, a cartographer and an artist. Really, really great, beautiful, beautiful work they have done. Crabwell, you got a bunch of amb- uh, ambiance, uh, sound, uh, sound bars, and uh, and stuff like that. And then you've got music that's incorporated into it. Eat the deck are these cards, and the cards represent different modules or adventures or bits and bobs that you can bolt into the game to in, to in, expand your experience. You got fantasy. You've got uh, futures deck, which is uh, Coriolis, um, Vast Grim, Fallout, Still Feet, Airship Campaigns, The Wild Sea, Dark Matter. Uh, like, and there's sci-fi music that's incorporated and all that stuff too. And then the horror deck has Vassen by, uh, by our folk, the, our friends over at Free League. It's got Call of Cthulhu, Maelstrom. Uh, let's see, what are some of the other ones that I, I'd like? Loot Tavern, uh, Ultimate Bestiary. There's even like James RPG art is in there too, which they, they've taken some D&D modules that they can't say that it's what it is. Like, one of the examples they have on the card that is, um, Oh, what is her name? From Curse of Strahd. She's the, the Vistani that is, uh, Van Richten's, uh, Ariana. Is it Ariana? I don't know if it's Ariana. Anyway, this, the tower that's in that, in, in there, that's essentially, that's it. Even the little Vistani, um, uh, wagon is down at the bottom. So it's the, the exact scene from Curse of Strahd. You can't call it that, right? But it says eventually, essentially they went back and they zhuzhed up some imagery. That you can you can plug into your existing D and D campaigns through this too. So that's that's really great. Um, what's the last? The modern deck has oh, be still my heart. It's got tales from the loop, kids on bikes. Uh, it's got badge quest. Oh my gosh, I'm like that's I'm, I'm loving badge quest. It, this is crazy. It looks and again, I can sit here and talk about it all day long, but I'm I'm there's no way that I'm gonna it's gonna compare to you actually going out and checking it out. The dystopia deck they've got pirate Borg, mazes. Um, they got uh, more Chepaku art, more music. You've got to go check this one out. This is like, if nothing else, do yourself a favor and see what's coming. If you're not going to pick it up now, if you want to go all in on this thing, you're you're looking at 500 bucks. So it is quite the investment. But if you get the 500 bucks, you get all the decks that I mentioned and more. You also get uh, it's unlimited. You get unlimited access to the service, no subscription or anything like that, forever. So, yeah. and there's there's an early access thing that's available right now. So yes, there's um, uh, you basically a beta version that you can test out if you want to try it before you buy it, sort of a thing. So. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. And, this, and you know, and and John mentioned it, Gerg said it in chat, and our friend Andrew that used to be with D and D Beyond has has set up what he talked about virtual tabletops. Why do you put the map in front of everybody all the time? That's not the basis of the game. Mm-hmm. But then, he, but then I, you know, some people said, well, you know, then you want to put the character sheet as the basis of the game, which is also not true. The the what do you want to see sitting around your tabletop when you're playing a game? Is your friends? Yeah. And this is this does that. It has the the streaming. Uh, uh, windows that you can see each other and when it's time for a fight and, and the map comes out, you can hit that button and it it, it changes changes the view. And that's what I think a lot of virtual tabletops 
really need to understand that, yeah, all your map functionality, that's great. That's fun. That's cool. I'm not here to play a map. I'm here to play with my friends. Mm -hmm. So work on your video, work on your audio, get that stuff down first. And once you get that, all the other stuff is just gravy. Yeah. This is great. I feel like this is going to be the one to, oh man, if they're not, they have the opportunity with what they presented here to be the case to beat when it comes to everything but D&D. Like D&D may hold all the cards when it comes to D&D Beyond's virtual tabletop. They may have the keys to the kingdom on that. They may be untouchable, untouchable because of the integration between D&D Beyond and the VTT. But hmm. Alchemy, to me, this is the the market upsetter when it comes to Roll Twenty and uh, Foundry and any of the uh, all of the others, uh, Albert Rodeo, you name it, for everything that is not D and D. This is the mm -hmm. this is the upstart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So check out Alchemy. They're at four hundred thousand uh, dollars. They got seventeen days left to go. They're gonna they might push up against a million with this sucker. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, keep an eye on it. There's a lot of good content here. Give it a try, and if you like it, I think there's some pretty good deals here. All right. Uh, next, we've got Troy with It All Started in a Tavern. And you know, it always does. It always starts in a tavern. Um, this is several random charts and tables. Of, you know, it all started in a tavern. Uh, well, what's tavern like? Who's in the tavern? What's going on? Um, then you've got Captain Salt's Guide to Taverns. You've got Trinkets and Treasures. Um, it all started with an encounter. There, there's all these story hooks and, and one-liners and bits of information that you can use and, and, and roll on and pull out and drop into your, into your games to, to make it live and make it breathe and allow for uh, your characters to glom onto something and, and take the adventure into a, a into a, their own path. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Captain Salt's Guide to Taverns, 10 tavern descriptions and maps for your games. Um, you've got, uh, it all started with encounter, 300 random encounters Jeez. that you could just drop wow. in wherever you need to. Um, the, the trinkets and treasures is magic items, random loot tables, uh, with 20 illustrated magic items um, in there. If you if you get in early enough, or I think you can add them on, you, it all started at C, which is, you know, 100 nautical adventure hooks, quick MP, 20 quick NPCs, uh, detailed illustrations of the NPCs, uh, you know, all this stuff. The you know, $10 digital bundle, uh, $20 print digital bundle, $30 digital bundle with 20 custom hooks and NPCs, Fifty dollar, uh, sixty custom hooks. It, it just keeps going. There's, there's got stretch goals. It all started on the road. Mm. Um, it all started with a wizard. It all, it all started in the woods. It all started in a dungeon. You know, all this stuff that you can just let your campaign build itself and and give that, you know, that old school feel of, well, we, we're just sitting down to play and, and let it be driven by the play. <clears throat> I love it. I love this is man, this is this is one of my favorite types of supplement. Um, just a bunch of hooks to get your creative juices flowing. So great, great, great concept here. Um, this is awesome. 
365 backers, 23 days left to go. Four grand already. This is a, this is a good one. This is a good one all the way around. Uh, and Mike, yeah, uh, that sounds like a that sounds like a, a a session that didn't just start in a tavern. It also continued in a tavern and almost ended in a tavern. So um, that's that's a different product altogether. Yeah. All right, uh, let me tell you a little bit about Inquisitor Kata's Exquisite Corpse. I don't know why this one isn't doing better than it is. It's not doing bad. But it's got it's done fifty seven thousand or fifty seven hundred of a seven thousand dollar goal. Only seventy nine backers with twenty three days left to go. This book looks awesome. I'm all about this. This is a system agnostic, grim dark toolkit that helps you create a unique, cohesive, and explorable RPG world with a dissociative inquisitor. Um, it is basically the idea is it work. It's a work through of building a grim dark setting where you start the premise or you start and then your players add to it and it's mm. kind of a working together to build it it's got a ton of like it says toolkit including um among other things uh, like a whole bunch of characters monsters items yada 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 but the art here is very i was gonna say morkborg but it's not morkborg um yeah, no. it's it's got like this subdued palette but with a brutal vibe it's almost like a max mad max attitude feel it's fantasy it's grim dark fantasy not post-apocalyptic but if you would if you told me that this was a mad max product i would not be surprised to some extent it kind of has that attitude um i'm i'm very much dig it and i love i love they've got like eight 10 different spreads in here that are awesome. They've got a little comic um, preview of a little comic that'll be in it. And that looks awesome. Like there's just everything about this looks, looks cool to me. This is interesting. I didn't know what this was and I probably should have stopped on the uh, page a little, a little bit longer to figure it out. This looks pretty cool. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be for everybody because it definitely has an attitude and, and, and it definitely, like, maybe a little bit of a Morkborg, like, I don't, we don't care what you think you're going to, you're either going to enjoy this or you're not sort of a presentation. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I think the spreads sold me on it. Like, I was, I was leaning into it and then I saw some of these spreads and I'm like, yep, yeah, this, this, this is going to look amazing, so... This is Inquisitor Kata's Exquisite Corpse. Um, and you got you got quite a few days left to back this one as well. Uh, moving on. John, you have one that I was going to grab, and I'm glad you did. Uh, talk to us about Nate. Let's talk to... Well, let's, uh, you know, let's share and share alike, man. Let's talk about this. The Questing Beaks Toolkit. This is creating and running sandbox campaigns packed into lean, beautiful hardback. So this is actually the second edition of Nave. Let me for some reason it's not showing up on there we go uh yeah so they uh it's essentially it's the it's exploration driven fantasy rpg and a world building toolkit and it's essentially all the, the elements that you're looking for in old school DD movement that expands on the core of the game and it has like some uh modular sub six systems on hex crawling dungeon delving potion making downtime activities yeah you name it 
uh, in an 80-page digest-sized hardcover. Um, man, the artwork. Holy crap. This uh, The cover art by Peter Mullen looks it reminds me of like a, a like a what is it the the Bashki artwork mm-hmm. it's very it, mm. it looks old school like this this could have easily been put together around like 81 82 for me um anyway so this is uh essentially um the it's going to have the the rule book and then all of the world building stuff is going to be uh, is is in progress, uh, and it's gonna it's, it's gonna be lumped into this also. So what this feature specifically is, you got the toolkit, you got some uh, D twenty mechanics, uh, you got a slot based inventory system that makes tracking what you're carrying a lot easier. Uh, if you take enough damage, wounds can begin filling in your item slots instead. That is cool. Okay. Okay, hang on just a Uh-oh. second here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, like I gotta I gotta speak on that because. I just finished uh, recording a review for Cairn, mm. which is an R- a mini RPG, and it has a thing where if you, as you get fatigue, take mm. on fatigue, you have 10 inventory slots. As you take on fatigue, every point of fatigue takes up one of those inventory slots. Yeah. And I, I commented on, that's cool. It I really is like cool. it, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, like there's, to me, wounds, damage, and like getting hacked to bits by goblins, ogres, or whatever should have more of a, like, like damage in Dungeons and Dragons is binary. You're either, you're either conscious or you're not conscious anymore. That's a fact. That's the only effect that it has. Right. So having all of these little things that happen to you along the way that make that your life harder or suck a little bit more is first, first of all, it's very OSE, right? So it's very mm-hmm. old school uh, to kind of like to burden you as, it's like it's the death spiral that happens to the adventurer as they start taking that damage. But I, I love that stuff. I think it's really, really cool. Uh, let's see. They got char- a class character generation. Uh, they got It's really about multiple arc- archetypes kind of b- being bolted together. Uh, any PCs can cast spells, cast down miracles, or use weapons and armor. Their effectiveness is restricted by what abilities they choose to improve and how they fill their limited item slots. That's cool too. So there's really not like this. And when you're a paladin, these are all the things that you get. And if you want something else, you have to multi-class. And, but you're really yeah. kind of like you're watering it down by doing these two things, right? It's a, it feels yeah. a lot like I hate that I'm going to use this, but it's the only explain, example I've got is Final Fantasy VI was like this, where they had like the job system, and you would anybody could spe- could cast spells, but you would have to like level up with a certain piece of equipment or whatever in order to start gaining those specific spells or if you wanted access to weapons mm-hmm. and things like that. So anybody can do anything. It just takes the, how much time you're willing to invest into it. Um, let's see. We'll go to the 6D hazard, uh, hazard die system, condenses tracking encounters, clues, weather f- changes, fatigue, all that good stuff into a single die. Um, there are it's a utility-focused magis- magic system that empowers PCs to alter the world in creative ways with a 100 levelless Levelless spells. That's cool. Uh, also has a spell generator, uh, spell generator, and randomized magic, all that good stuff. Um, downtime activities, tactical warfare system, monster hunting, alchemy system. Yes, please. Nice. Straightforward GM and player principles on how to play it. You got some designer commentary thrown in there, but like here are the things that we were thinking, and here's why we did the certain things that we did. That's nice. Um, it's kind of like a control panel layout of. Uh, 
page flipping is they they say this page flipping is reduced by keeping most of the topics confined in single pages or spreads instead of being across multiple pages everything you need is really kind of on this page or these two pages mm-hmm. that are folded out right that's cool mm-hmm. um yeah i mean this is nave if you're looking for a, if you want to try something else that's uh, another old school uh, that's going to give you some old school love and feel I would say this is going to be right up your alley because it's got it is hitting every single mark and checking off every single box for me uh, on this one. What do you think? What are you thinking, Zach? I'm in. I'm already backed it. Yep. <laughs> How about it? <laughs> say no more. <laughs> say no more. Now, and I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, there's also a, there's a zine that comes with this too, or that you can pick That's up right. maybe. You Summer's can pick end. up a couple of zines. Yeah. 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 And yeah. there's like a 25 page zines that have you know all kinds of good stuff. So you can get the core book. And then you can kind of get these bolt-ons to to see how to, how it's done after that, which I think is again really smart. Awesome. All right. Well, that's Nave, um, and that is by Questing Beast, uh, among other folks. All right. Let's do Dark Dungeons and Lost Children, Troy. Okay. Uh, this one uh, was brought to my attention by a friend of ours named Mark. Um, if, if if you're a fan of the old D&D cartoon from way back in the day. Uh, this, it, these are 3D printable figures. Um, they're about six inch tall that are based on the characters from that cartoon like at 40 years old. They've been mm. stuck in the world of the cartoon long enough that they've leveled up, they've advanced, and they have grown as characters. Um, I believe they they are trying to figure out if, if you can scale these down to make them actual miniature size to use at your table. But you've got you know Hank the Ranger with his energy bow. He's kind of you know gotten older. His costume has changed a little bit. He's got the beard. You've got Bobby the Barbarian who's now all buffed out. Still has the the club. Got a nice beard rocking. Uh, Presto actually looks rather wizardly with his little, little round spectacles. It looks like he might be figuring out how to use his hat better. Yeah. He's pulling, you know, he's got Just a, a fireball bit. coming out of it a little bit. You've got uh, Diana, who is has become a rather buff acrobat. Um, and then uh, I am drawing a blank. Hold on a minute. Sheila. Eric? Yeah, Sheila, Sheila, um, which is Bobby's sister, um, hopping over a wall. She was the rogue with the, the, the invisibility cloak. And then you got Eric, the, the cavalier, um, riding a horse. He's finally found a weapon to use with his magic shield. <laughs> um, he's got a lance going on. And he had, there's like three different versions of him. He's either got a full-faced helmet, uh, the helmet with the visor up, or no helmet at all. Mm. Um, stretch goals. Um, oh, don't forget uni. Oh no, unity. Un- okay, unity. Uh, unity. Unity. Yeah, because because the, yeah, they're they're not the exact characters. Yeah. Um, I don't know because I, I don't remember this far back, but uh, they they're given last names and and you know full names and stuff in mm. this. I don't know if they were ever given full names in the cartoon. I don't recall. Um, hmm. But you've also got uh, stretch goals of the Master of Dungeons, uh, the Demon of Shadows, 
the Duke and Duchess of War, which I only remember the, the Duke of War from the show. Uh, Vengeroth Standing, Vengeroth Mounted, nice. Tihamut, uh, Mother of Monsters, you know, so. <laughs> Tikisamut. Uh, Tikisamut. That's but, you know, awesome. I, I, saw, I saw this, and I'm like, you know what? This is just, it's fun. I mean, I, I, I like I said, I don't know if you'll be able to print these small enough to uh, use in your actual games, but if not, who cares? You know, print these suckers out, set them up on your shelf. Um, it it, it kind of takes me back to, you know, watching this cartoon when I was a kid, and uh, I definitely wanted to give a shout out to it. Um, Pledge goal of twenty three hundred dollars, and they're setting at a thousand dollars, a little over a thousand dollars with uh, twenty four days to go. That's awesome! Right on, good find, man. It's cool. Yeah, very cool. Awesome, 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 awesome. All right, that was Dark Dungeons and Lost Children. Uh, let me talk to you about my last one here: Monsters of the Dungeon, Brave the Darkness. Uh, this is a five e book, a monster five e book. Uh. I thought it was done backing um, 5e monster books because I have a million, but I love the art. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, whatever. I, um, I kind of skimmed through everybody's <laughs> stuff before the show, and I'm like, oh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, it's very poppy, very, like, animated, um, very comic booky. I guess, like, all those things combined. This is somebody who's done a bunch of books, like Monsters of the Feyland, Monsters of the City, Monsters of the Wilderness, and now uh, Monsters of the Dungeon. Um, I, I I just want this whole series. I don't know why I missed all of these before, yeah, but I just want the this? whole set. Um, like, I'm looking here, and I'm like, how much would it just cost me to get everything? Because <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at with this one. Like, I just want to look through them, and I want to, like put them in a subtle way on like in, in, in like the path of my kids. So mm. they like stumble across them. Um, Cause I think they would really dig them as well. Cause they're just, they're just fun and awesome and cool looking. Um, you can get this book um, in soft cover for about 28 bucks. Um, or you can get a hardcover version for about 35 bucks. PDF is going to cost you about 15. And then there's add-ons that get you, the whole gamut. Um, so there's 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 a lot that you can pick up from them uh, uh, if you if you're so inclined. Like like I think I just might be. So I love especially that first picture that you that you, that you showed right there. Brock the Brave battles Blabber Blubs in the Arcane Dungeon. Now that's a monster name, Blabber Blubs. Blabber that's, Blubs. Yeah. That's what you would come back and as your as your talking with the other folks in the tavern. Well, what, what, what came after you? I don't know. These things they made blabber. Blah, blah, blah. And they would be it, called blabber. Blubs. It would be more like these, these wild, stupid blabber blub things, yeah. right? Like just yeah. like I, nonsense, just frustrating nonsense. That's what blabber blub means. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, yeah, okay, so that is Monsters of the Dungeon for 5e and other RPGs. Yeah. Uh, this is 100 new monsters for 5e, Pathfinder 2, and more um, in, in truth. All right. Um, 
the Mind Squatter? What is yeah. this, John? It's a weird, yeah. This is a weird name, but I, I swear it's a cool idea. You play as mischievous children uh, in this one. The Gardner children have been trapped inside a single bedroom their entire eight-year-old lives. It isn't until their evil father, Hugo Alvis Gardner, seizes the video game collection that they muster the courage to break out and explore the vast and whimsical Gardner Manor to get it back. Uh, so Mind Squatter is, uh, it's a fairy tale zine. It's rules light. And it's about childhood revelation, traversing memories, and your mother. So she noticed in that little blurb there, they didn't talk about mom. They just talk about the evil dad. Of course. Of course the dad is evil. Whatever. Uh, as <laughs> you and your friends get to play, take the roles of mischievous eight-year-old siblings in the pursuit of your stolen video games. You have to journey through a labyrinthine mansion, wreaking havoc on adversarial adults, uncovering dark alien secrets. So this feels to me kind of like this over the garden wall meets um, what was it? I was thinking like Maniac Mansion. If you ever if you ever played that before, kind of kind of thing. So it's more it, like they they explain it in here that the, of the overall experience is more of an improv uh, uh, improvisational party game than it is about like a rules heavy. Crunchy well, initiative shit. is a nose is is used is nose goes right. That's what it sounds, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is super on theme, and so uh, it like there's loose loose social gameplay. It's like a science fiction meets fantasy story at when it comes to the core, but it really boils down. It's like a big one big dungeon that's connected by sandbox with interconnected sandboxes. Right. So very sandboxy. It's 178 pages, eight chapters long. The the artwork is cute, you know. It's like these little, almost like little stick people, like essentially stuff that kids would draw in this, but more, but like polished by adult hands, so to speak. Um, and but it's ages ten and up, specifically for this. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Two to four players plus the GM, um, and it says it can be played in one or two sessions. So you're not really looking at a, a long form campaign out of this thing. You're looking That's at great. an experience to do it and so um yeah like i like it i think it's cute i like the idea of you getting to play little eight-year-old kids and acting like eight-year-olds if you've ever like for me uh i used to i used mm-hmm. to cub master it like a the uh, the six to ten year old boys and that was like freaking herding cats half the time <laughs> or trying to run a game of D for 10 year old boys six of them at the same time was just an exercise in madness um but this seems like this is where you can really let loose and, and have a lot of fun with it. The Mind Squatter name. I'm still trying to figure out where the heck that comes from in this. I don't think I've gotten to that that far into the <laughs> into the text. Of it's the... got to gotta be the alien living in the house. I mean, it's, I mean that's mm. the only thing I can imagine, right? Yeah. Um, Extraterrestrial mysteries, yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Right on. It's probably, it's probably the thing that has taken over your dad. Mm, right. There you go. It's the mm. mind it took squatter. your mind. So mm. at twenty bucks is what this is going to set you back for a for a zine. So there you go. Right on. I like it. I think it's Mine's a cool water. It was an easy pick for yeah. me. Sweet. Right on. All right. Good to see another zine in the mix. Uh, micro dungeons, Troy. Uh, back with some more micro dungeons. Um, if you'll notice, for this micro dungeon, before I tell you about it, um, it's no longer based out of Mexico. It's now Los Angeles, California, and it's ready to play. But this is, but this is definitely our good friend Guillermo. Um, mm. He he's he somehow finagled it so it's it's stateside. So now when you back it, 
your credit card won't flag it as a fraudulent charge (laughs) every single time. Yep. Anyway, this one, Micro Micro Dungeons 7 and Shipwreckers Edition. Hmm. But as usual, it's a dollar or two dollars if you want if you want the bundle, the big bundle. Um, and you've got shipwreckers, which is several um, uh, themed mini adventures, like Beware the Ship Bites. The ship is a mimic. The Cruelest Ship is an old ship filled with ghosts. Defeat the hmm. Kraken. I don't have to say what that is. Shark Dragon. An enormous shark has caught the ship and is biting it. You know, Micro Dungeon 7s, you've got Catacombs of the Inquisitor, uh, Dragon Garden, Main of the Manticore, Night Stalker Lair, Red Moon Portal. All of this for $2. And maps, yeah, maps, monsters, items, all kinds of stuff. If If you have missed any of these things, 30 bucks gets you the whole back catalog of all this. And, you know, you get cool art, cool maps, cool ideas. It's all fleshed out. It's all right there for you. And you can drop these into your current campaign and, and just go with it when you're, when you're struggling to figure out what you're, what you're going to do next. Look into your vault of micro dungeons, grab you one, throw it in there for a night of, a night of play. And, and have a good time. Or, you know, I challenge you to grab some of these and link them together and form your own campaign. But, uh, yeah, I love these things from, from Guillermo. They are nice. awesome. It looks like he's pretty tied in with this Indie Hobbies game publisher. Uh, just browsing a little bit, looks like he also manages their Facebook page and a few other things. So um, that's very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right, that's micro dungeons. Um, all right, John, are you sh- not trying to make fun of you? Are you sure that we have not talked about why slay dragons when you could be fishing before? I don't, if we have done it, I was not on the show. If we, if we, uh, <laughs> I don't think I was on the show for it. Then. Go, you, you, sh- you should, you should, you should talk about it. Okay, that's uh, yeah, go for it. It's a comprehensive guide. To- was that? Yeah. I was gonna say I can't recall, so I don't let's do it. think so. I don't. Re- I don't remember it. I'm, like I said, I may not have been on uh, whenever we did that. But anyway, it's, it is uh, a comprehensive guide to fishing in your RPG. The end. Right. Simple. You're welcome. Five E. It's got a hundred plus fish that's in it. Two hundred full color pages. New races. Magic items. Equipment. Brand new fishing mechanics. I mean, what do you want, man? It's got a See, fish. Go ahead, hit me. I was gonna say like. This to me, I love this book. I'm like, why is this a five e book? Like, why? like not not to disparage it at all, but I'm just like, give me a hundred fish and mechanics for fishing, mm. and I will use that in a lot of RPGs. In everything, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah it's, it's, it's great. Got, it it's awesome. got it's got like the yeah. It has the fishing system in it, right? But then it also has there are ten environments where you can go and fish, or where fishing is centric to the setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got some NPCs, quest hook ideas, fishing techniques to learn. So, in other words, you if you want to make a like a micro campaign or a four parter or even a ten parter, and you're at your table, it's all about fishing. Then you could probably do it with this one if, the, if that's what you're if that's what you're angling for. <laughs> mm. Get that dad joke. Here we go. Still going. 
so with, along with all of that, it also incorporates rules about when you catch your fish, you can scale them, the bones, the meat, all the materials that are that they're a part of. You can harvest them and you can use them in your crafting. So top to bottom, that's a that's a pretty pretty quick and dirty one. I think it's that's cool. I'm like good for them. This is like it, it seems like it's pretty niche, but I don't know where anywhere else where there's like anyone thought about fishing in in D and D. But it's like I think about World of Warcraft. Fishing is a huge comp- thing in World of Warcraft and some of these other uh, online games. So there's obviously some level of interest in it out there. And and mm-hmm. the, the custom dice have fish inside. Yeah, that's, that's pretty that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Well, you've definitely hooked me here, uh, John. Oh, so. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, hey, look. I mean, it looks like uh, looks like they've landed a big one. So go snag yourself a copy and let's. Uh... <laughs> Time to move on to the dock, next watering hole. Dock, dock, dock the boat. Dock the boat. We're gonna I'm need a bigger boat. Dock. We're gonna need a yeah. bigger boat. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody, somebody All right. cut let's, the line. Let's reel this back in and let's keep going. Yes, please. Uh, yeah. You really hooked me on this one, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, all right. Whew, that was awesome. Uh, Come on, chums. Troy, <laughs> Troy, let's uh, let's let's move on to the Emporium, please. Uh, get us away from the dad jokes. Um, Never. All right. Uh, good buddy, MT Black, is coming at us with the Emporium of Wonders for five E. Four hundred new magic items for the world. Your world's favorite role playing game. Uh, MT has uh, his own setting called Iskandar, and this majestic Emporium of Wonders is set in that world. Um, but you could drop it in anywhere, you know, as with most settings, you know, it's not you don't have to let it live there forever. Uh, 400 of the most imaginative, imaginative, it, John, imaginative. Thank you. you uh, and Wait, you're, did you just ask me to pronounce something? Yep. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, to put you on the spot. Like mush mouth most of the time. Um, uh, these have all been balanced and play tested and all this good stuff. He's got some killer art in there. You, you, you can uh, check out a full list of the magic items. Um, you can see a sample of the magic items from the page. Um, and M- if you don't know about MT Black, he was an absolute machine on the DMs Guild. Mm. And he went from the DMs Guild, he went to, to just uh, drive through RPG so that he could release his own setting. Um, he was a guild adept for a, for a very short time. Um, he has put out some amazing adventures and supplements, worked with a lot of different creators on different things. Uh, and this is for his, you know, he's fleshing out his world in this Kendar. You can do a, a premium tier where you can get the player's handbook uh, for his setting and the Emporium of Wonders. Plus, there's all kinds of other stuff, other adventures and things that you can kind of stick in to this world. You know, the combat combat spice deck to kind of liven up your, uh, your D&D battles is in there. Um, yeah, and I can't. I can't speak highly enough of MT. He he is awesome. He does great stuff. He's kind of like a pillar of the community. It's in my eyes. Mm-hmm. He, he a lot of Eberron stuff. A lot of Eberron stuff. Yeah, he definitely deserves this. Um, they've already funded. They've got 
you know, they're setting at almost 14,000 of a $1,200 goal with 24 days left. So take a look, uh, you know, give it a back, you know, put it in your games. I don't think you're going to be upset about it at all. Hmm. Hmm. All right, cool. Well, uh, I guess if you're shopping for some new magic items, the Emporium of Wonders will will get you there. Uh, let's move along to the weirdest one. Jeez. I, I saw this earlier. I saw this like a week ago, and I'm like, what? I, I've seen this article. It's like, what is this? So, yeah, the, uh, this uh, Trevor Roberts uh, had been working on a fictional alternate dimension of, of, of our world, and the flesh pit was, like, there was the central piece of it. And so if you go out to the website, which I'll kind of click over there really fast, there's there are all these, like, posters of Mystery Fet Flesh Pit National Park, Verdant Forest, Majestic Scenery, and Cosmic Terror. Like, in the, in the, the, the advertisement posters... He's got mm-hmm. different uh, different flora and fauna that are that belong to it. Different crime, like either crime scene photos or kind of like incident photos that the government. I love, posts. I love the little like like uh, uh, directional sign for when you enter the park, and it's you know it's got like it's like the the brown sign with the reflective yes. lettering like is in all of them, right? And it has like different arrows, and it says you know go straight for the visitor center and the scenic viewing platform. Turn right to the historic base camp. Uh, angle to the left for the gift shop and cafe. Continue on down for the descent pavilion. Uh, hard right from the amniotic spring baths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a left turn for the ritual grounds. And I'm like, that's the yeah, ritual. Just kind of tuck the the amniotic spring baths and the ritual grounds up there. It's it's amazing. Is everybody else going to ignore what they just saw on the sign over here? That's one. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that I, I love about this is that in this alternate timeline or alternate earth or whatever this is so normalized people are so desensitized to it they just it's yep. just normal it's normal to them and so what here's the next bit though what ends up happening is uh in the, the storyline is the park is permanently quote closed and quarantined due to a incident that occurred in 2007 uh 582 people have died attempting to commune with the super organism the U.S. government is unable to rescue individuals trapped by the superorganism. You will not receive a gift from the superorganism. These are all on the attention sign outside, like on the, the gates uh, in 2007 to present, right? You will find no answers beyond this fence. There is nothing beyond this fence worth dying for. Is on the, is on the, it, it went from being like a park frontage to a, uh, a, a begging the public the government begging the public, please do not come through here, or it's, it's just a, a death and madness await on the other side. And so, all right, all that said, um, so they don't really talk a whole lot about what happened during the 2007 cat- catastrophe, but it took thousands of lives, and they closed the park. Um, so there are, and this is an RPG that's that is centered around the entire thing. I shut up and take my money. I'm so this is the one that I'm the most excited about. Oh my god! I'm so I'm stupid excited to get this and to read through it. This is so cool. All I can say is, go to the go to the Kickstarter page, watch the video. Yes, yes, good stuff. It's, it's I love I love there is a um there's a uh, like like the the webs 
the website has like all these great little things, and the one that the one that grabbed my attention is a uh, a, a false cover for Sanctify, the magazine of Southern Baptist Association, mm-hmm. <laughs> and all the, like the little titles <laughs> yeah. on it, is, like um, you know, buried by the Almighty, enjoyed by the damned. <laughs> Could the Texas superorganism be the beast of revelations? Biblical historians weigh in on page 48. Yeah. Like, I'm just all about, like, I want that book just as much as I, I want that magazine just as much as I want. Oh, I know. I know, right. (laughs) This is another, uh, the website is a trove, friends, a trove. That is mysteryfleshpitnationalpark.com. Go and just spend an afternoon reading through all of this because it's just genius. Have get a smoke and a pipe, maybe a blintz, something like that. Sit down and be ready to enjoy yourself. The, 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 I love this one. There's an actual like a, a diagram of the layout of what they've discovered of the pit thus far, uh, and, uh, and there's like uh, what were some of the like mucus crypts is an area. There's also the fondue village. Uh, the yeah. Septum Falls, Thor's Ribcage, Sand Cullet, uh, Lower Moisture Crop, Amniotic Ballast Bulbs, a.k.a. quote-unquote Pleasure Domes. <laughs> I want to I interview Trevor so bad and be like, who hurt you? <laughs> there's, so much, there's, there's so much trauma on this page here. I freaking love it, man. I love it. God's mistake is another one. The chyme bladder. Uh, well, there's another area in here where they're like they have um, areas uh, carved out for future construction for different little uh, like a visitor center and a guest shop inside of this super organism. Like people were like just going back and forth like it's Disney World or like Six Flags. Crazy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My God, I love this. This is oh, like the gosh. best thing that I've seen. Like I know you said it was a dry spell on Kickstarter this week, Troy. This is the oasis. No, 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 no. I didn't say it was a dry spell. Oh, okay. I said there was a lot of crap. Oh, okay. I got you. All right. right. <laughs> well, not this one. I'll fight not, you otherwise. Punches. <laughs> so good. No, well, I, I I heard about this a while back, um, and it was just what I don't understand what I'm reading, <laughs> and and now it's a Kickstarter for a role playing game. I'm like, what? It's like, do you and Rich is our buddy Rich is tied to it. Yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. That's actually where I heard it from. Rich he posted it on social media. Yeah, and I was like, fantastic. thank you so much, Rich. Rich Lesson Flair. <laughs> Shout out. Love you, buddy. Oh my God. Uh well, hey, Troy, round us out here. We got one left. This was over on Game Found. Talk to us about Secrets of the Green Wald. Yeah, good luck Secrets following that Green. one up, buddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay, the reason why. I wanted to talk about this is I actually was subscribed to Dungeon in a Box for quite a long time. And Secrets of the Greenwald is their first year campaign. And you start off as caravan guards um, and you evolve over a series of 12 to 13 adventures into, you know, uh, realms saving dragon slaying adventurers. And this has it all. You don't have to do the subscription thing to get it now. Uh, it comes with everything that you need in a 300-page hard uh, campaign book. It takes you from levels 1 to 10 for 5th edition D&D. 
Um, mm. There's a hardcover bestiary because the cool, one of the cool things about Dungeon in a Box, every uh, month you would get the get the adventure, and there was at least one brand new monster for for that uh, for that adventure. You get 150 pages of, of in here in the in the bestiary, full color art, new lore. Which is nice because that was one of the things that uh, the the books kind of lacked on a month to month basis. Uh, if you get the whole thing, you're getting the the battle mats that would come with it, the the flat skinny minis that come with it, all the cards, the map of of the area of the of the Greenwald. You get the, the little stickers uh, as you go and you do things. There's choices that you make as a group. And it changes how the story plays out a little bit. And you take that sticker and you put it up on the backside of the map and, and do stuff. Um, so you've got uh, yeah, soundtracks, digital files, legacy cards, terrain tiles, all this stuff. And I, I thought these adventures were really well done. I played through a few of them. And I really enjoyed how they're done, how they're laid out, how they're presented. Some of the things in there at first you think, oh, that's weird just by the NPC or what's going on, but it works and mm. it's just fun and it makes the story kind of live. And with this like all encompassing bundle aspect, you can have it, you can have it all. You don't have to wait for the whole year like I did. Mm. Uh, that's very get, cool. Yeah, you can get physical, you can get uh, the digital only. Um, I would I would recommend the physical because you get all the all the the tchotchkes and the the skinny minis and all that stuff. Uh, you can get binders uh, to to put your your skinny minis in. Um, yeah, there's a there's a big uh, blue dragon that's a stretch goal. Things like that. Uh, I this this is just a really cool product i enjoyed it they have three seasons that last a year um and then they've done a bunch of like one shots and they're talking about doing a new campaign at some point um but yeah dungeon in the box it's a cool cool idea cool product um i even though i have all these adventures i'm thinking about picking it up campaign book because it's got like it's got some new art in it uh, custom magic item crafting, um, some playable, some new playable races, uh, mousekin, vermin folk, uh, the animals sold, mm -hmm. uh, uh, sub races like the stone fast dwarves. Uh, the 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 map kind of shows you all different areas of, of this little of this world, um, and hopefully it's got some, you know might have some like errata in it and some little secrets that uh, can help you flesh it out in your roleplay experience. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in going ahead and, and snagging it even though I do have all, all 12 of the first adventures. Awesome. Awesome. Alright, well, uh, with that, uh, that's going to wrap up our, our project. That was Secret of the Greenwald over on GameFound. Um, uh, that's the new Dungeon in the Box adventure. Uh, I think with that, thank you so much, chat, for hanging out. I saw Bear Droid in there. Course, Mike, Commander Root, Girk, um, Alessandra, Mapsnat, uh, all sorts of people hanging out. Really appreciate you guys. And until next week, we'll see you next time. Play great games, everybody. And if you know, you know.
be kind to one another uh, whenever you're uh, walking around the mystery flesh pit. And just make sure that you're really careful so that you don't fall into the kind bladder. Yeah. Especially I with remember. those selfies, yeah. You know, those yeah, selfies, yeah, exactly. You want to make sure that you get the, uh, get the, par- the, like the parasitic worms that are in there. You want to, yeah. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, Give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.